Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. I am the founder and director of Directional Bible Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. Today we are going to continue our study through the book of Acts, chapter number 7, and we are near the conclusion of uh, Stephen's speech. Uh, this is him wrapping up his speech. So let me reset my clock there. I want to keep these less than 15 minutes. I know that's a long intro, but when I premiere these things, I think it's kind of important to give people an opportunity to get involved. And then also just, you know, nothing wrong with good worship music. Uh, Come thou fount of every blessing. I think that's an awesome song uh, to prepare us for the word of God. So Acts chapter number seven, and we are going to focus on the very end of that last verse, verse number 58, and then we'll get into, or verse number 59 actually, and then we'll get into chapter number eight. Chapter seven, verse number 59, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Heavenly Father, we do come before you today, ask you bless the reading of your word, open our ears to hear, open our eyes, Lord, to see, uh, remove the filters that have been placed there for so long by denominationalism, and open our hearts to understand and apply these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we see these, important, or these verses are important because all too often, I believe they are just read over like so many portions of scripture, we have just been, we have conditioned ourselves to read over it. And I think the danger is, just like our culture today, our culture is we listen not for information anymore, but we listen for confirmation. In other words, we've already made up our mind about something. So when I'm listening to, your, to you talk, <laughs> I'm listening for confirmation and not information. And that becomes dangerous. That makes us extremely closed-minded and short-sighted. Um, so that is not only pervasive in the secular world, but it's also pervasive in the church. And we need to be careful of that. Look at this verse and see what Stephen is saying here. Stephen, even though he saw Jesus standing in preparation for judgment, as we established last time, he was asking him not to. Uh, we'll see in the very next chapter that God is now going to send someone else to the Gentiles since they had refused. And we, we, we mentioned this um, previously. Uh, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Peter told them they've, did, they've done this in ignorance. And now Stephen is saying, saying, lay this sin, don't lay this sin to their charge. Um, they were responding in ignorance. And therefore, I believe God, instead of bringing the judgment that they should have received, brought grace by postponing the kingdom. By postponing the kingdom and raising up the Apostle Paul, who we are going to get to know a little better in chapter number eight. And make no mistake, Acts is a book of transitioning. We are transitioning now from Peter and the gospel of the kingdom to Paul and the gospel of grace. We are transitioning from the church at Jerusalem to the church at Antioch. Acts is a transitional book. We need to see that. 
because God raised up the Apostle Paul to do what the Jews refused to do. He was going to send someone else to the Gentile. His initial plan, of course, in his foreknowledge, his, om his omniscience, he knew what they would do, but he raises up Paul to do what they wouldn't do. Um, for example, in Acts 43 and verse number one, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Um, something, that word redeemed, I'm really working on that um, because the word redeemed, uh, from what I can see in context, each and every time is referring to the nation of Israel, uh, not the body of Christ. Now, don't, don't quote me on that, but it seems like the nation of Israel was the ones that were going to be redeemed. Um, they were the ones that were, that were, uh, that needed to be brought back, purchased back. So anyway, uh, and when you start going down that road, you're talking about Israel is my firstborn, um, the word born again. You know, is that referring to those of us under the gospel of grace? Or is that referring to the nation of Israel? They are the firstborn. Um, so, you know, just things to make you go, what? You know, so something to give you something there to study. But understand, back to, to my text here. The biggest, the hardest problem for me is to stay on task. Because <laughs> my mind just takes off. Last night I got down into verse, chapter number 8. And I just went crazy. I was in Matthew. I was in Ezekiel. I was in Daniel. I was just all over the place because it just, once you, once you open that door, uh, the questions just start coming. And what's even more fun is finding the answers. Um, then also in Isaiah chapter 49, 49, verse five, and now saith the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. God's desire was to use the nation of Israel to be a light unto the ends of the earth. Uh, then also look in uh, Isaiah 59. In Isaiah 59 and verse number 20, he says, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. There we are with that word redeemed again. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, As for me, this is my covenant with them. My covenant with who? With Israel, okay, with the house of Jacob. With them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So God is wanting to use the nation of Israel. In Isaiah 60, verse number one, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. 
For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and the gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, speaking of the, the Jews, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. So, the Gentiles, the kings of the Gentiles, that will come to the nation of Israel. So again, God's desire was to use the nation of Israel. But here, we are going to see a change. The kingdom has been rejected. The king has been rejected. Now, that does not mean that the apostles, and I'm talking about the twelve, not Paul, continued to preach the kingdom. They continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom. They continued to believe that they were going into the tribulation period that they would see the second coming of Christ. And when you read the Hebrew epistles, it'll change your life once you realize they're not talking to you. They are still addressing the nation of Israel who is still in expectation. Um, it'll change the way you see it. That doesn't mean that it's not for you. It is. I can preach through the Gospels. I can preach through the Hebrew epistles. But I have to be faithful to the text first and interpret it before I start applying it. Okay. Now look in chapter 8, verse number 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. The church that was at Jerusalem was Jewish, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Now notice Judea, Samaria. Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, beginning here at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost. Now, as a result of the persecution, the church that was at Jerusalem was scattered abroad, except, notice the end, the apostles. Now, that begs the question, why? Now, I used to teach, not anymore, but I used to teach that God used the persecution, Saul's persecution, to scatter the church to take the gospel outside of Jerusalem to fulfill the Great Commission. If that is correct, why are the apostles still there? Because they would be the most disobedient of them all. Also, begs the question, those who were scattered, what and to whom did they preach? I mean, we make it sound like they went to the world. They went to the Gentiles. No, Acts chapter number 11 says, And they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. They were still teaching to the Jews only. And what was the word that they were teaching? The kingdom gospel, repent and be baptized, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, if you'll receive it. We need to understand that. The church as we know it was not in view yet. It was not in view. Now, it's starting. we're starting to get a glimpse with the apostle Paul coming on the scene here in chapter 8. But he's not even going to have his experience until chapter number 9. And even all the way in chapter number 11, the Jews are still preaching to the Jew only. 
there is a transition that is taking place. And, and I confess it gets a little muddy around chapter 9 through chapter 13, 14, then 15, we're over in the Council of Jerusalem and they're starting to separate this stuff out, you know, and the apostles are like, great, you go to the uncircumcised, we will remain uh, in our message to the circumcised. And that didn't change. They, Peter always preached to the circumcised, to the Jew. It doesn't mean he didn't believe Paul. He did in his epistles. He says Paul has written things that are difficult to understand. He knew that, but his desire was to continue, and his calling was to continue to go to the nation of Israel. Now, of course, many have a problem today was second-guessing the actions of the apostles. I, I heard it all the time when I was in Bible college. I heard it all the time when I was in seminary. For example, they should not have chosen Matthias. They should have waited for Paul because Paul was really meant to be the 12th apostle. No, Paul was called to the Gentiles. Paul was never called to the Jew. Every time he tried to go to the Jew, the Lord told him no. Every time he did get to the Jew, he ended up getting persecuted and stoned. Also, Peter should not have quoted, quoted Joel chapter number two. And even if he did, he only should have quoted the first couple of verses. He should have stopped before he got to the tribulation material. No, Peter knew exactly what Peter was quoting because Peter fully expected Israel to repent and the tribulation to begin. Also, you know, they should have already left Jerusalem to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, I mean, look at that verse. How many verbs do you see there? When it talks about works, okay? Well, let me see, 18, 19, maybe it's here. 16, Matthew 6, Mark 16. Go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Go, preach. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. Notice that baptism was conditional upon salvation. That's a works gospel, my friend. That's the kingdom gospel. That is not the gospel of grace. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So we get to that in our Bibles and we say, well, you know, that, that probably shouldn't have been in our Bible because, you know, we're not going around casting out devils and speaking new tongues and taking up serpents and drinking deadly things. It wasn't written about you. It was written for the apostolic ministry. It was written for the apostles after Pentecost and the fulfillment of Joel 2.28. Um, so it's a works gospel. So we second guess, and yet we have the audacity to insinuate that they were confused. No. How about we take the opposite approach, that they knew exactly what they were doing, and you are the one that is confused because you are trying to force your theology into the text. I believe that's what's going on. It's only when you distance yourself from that kind of thinking that you're able to see it with fresh, fresh eyes. Last night, I found myself back in Matthew chapter 24. Go back there, remove the body of Christ in the church, 
and listen to what Jesus was saying. He is talking about the tribulation period, a tribulation period that would be soon coming, that would have, could have, should have, but didn't come, will now be postponed. So the question is, why were they remaining in Jerusalem? Well, we'll talk about that next time. My time is gone for now. So God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. And um, remember that God loves you and wants the best for you. It's working all things out for your good.